everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. We are here and covering the Evil Dead. Category is we love the 80s. That's right. We are in the 80s. I'm kicking it off with the Evil Dead because we we did the 70s last season. So why not the 80s? Right. And y'all know the 80s is full of excess and glamour and shoulder pads and cocaine and strange ass movies like this movie. So listen, (laughs) Coke has been here. Um, Cocaine has been in this. Yes. She all up in here. Um, she all up on this movie's mouth like liquor to borrow from Beyonce. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yes. So, Sheree, what's one of your first thoughts on this wild ass time? I think we should definitely, before we get into our thoughts, just be like, when did we see this movie? Because I know I gaslit myself and thought I saw it, but I didn't see it until last year. I mean, I try. Okay. Because, you know, when you talk, quote unquote, what the, what, um, uh, a majority, I don't know if it's the majority, but a, a lot of people will claim that the Evil Dead and, and Evil Dead 2 are like quote-unquote horror classics. So I, I I tried this movie out when I was a teenager. I was not, it was not for me then. I don't I don't really think it's for me now, but I do appreciate it more. And I, and I get where a lot of the humor that I missed in the, when I was a teenager that I, I get it now because when I was a teen when I was a teenager I was just like this is stupid I don't understand this isn't scary <laughs> <laughs> like we we were just on what a scream talking to Egrain and what came up for me in that conversation was that like I I think this is one of those movies that like the further away from it you get before you see it for the first time the harder it is to get into it because had I seen it as a child of the 90s when we were closer to the night when this to the 70s um it might have hit different but now that I'm an adult I'm just like mm, I got problems with this and this and this but also I appreciate this and this and this because like Raimi does do different shit than other directors and so that's kind of thrilling to watch that like vision come to and like all this camera shit and all this like it's like being on a roller coaster like you feel like you're in the car and he's driving and you're like I don't think you're taking that turn that way but also it's not the way we normally go to grandma's house sweet so yeah I think that it's definitely one of those things that the further away you get for the first time it hurts it and I wish I'd seen it sooner in life yeah I I I agree I wish I, I yeah this is one of those that I think maybe to truly appreciate it you have to have like been there when it was when it was released you know like to be to watch it in theater for the first time um so maybe maybe that's where i'm coming at it i think that as a kid it would have won me over with like the puppetry and the practicals um and Mm -hmm. again like the wild camera shit happening and also at that point i wasn't looking at gender dynamics specifically like it was something that was happening subconsciously but i wasn't like as into it and so right. I would have definitely, this would have been on my Friday 13th situation. You know, like those movies are not great, but we feel like obligated to watch them and we have the weird soft spot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have that for this one because I saw it so late and I was already so jaded. What? <laughs> fair points, you know, fair points. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both on the same page though, that we respect the movie while not loving it. 
Yeah. Like, am I going to finish this franchise? Yeah. Because there's a new movie coming out and I want to see it. But also, I don't think it's going to be like my franchise I go up for as much as some people. No, me, me, me neither. Uh, but anywho's to this actual conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie feels like some friends got a hold of a good camera and just made a fucking movie. And <laughs> Bruce yes. Campbell kind of co-signed that. He's like, we didn't know if it was going to get finished being made. Um, we are filming random bits of parts forever. Um, <laughs> we did not know. One hundred percent. And and a part of that I actually really love. I love the the idea. Fuck big budget, fuck companies, fuck or production companies that only green light the same movie every every fucking day um, and do your own thing. And I love that. I do, I do love that about this film is that it does feel very, um, I want to tell my story, so I'm just going to do it mm-hmm. and fuck the rest. Totally respect that. And I, I, yeah, I totally get that feeling too. And I love it. I, that's one of the things I do genuinely love about yeah, no, and I think that's part of where the fun does come from because it is there is some fun to be had with this movie. Like yes. there is a lot of fun, especially for it to be like '80s accidental campy uh, <laughs> and purposely campy. It, it's both sides of that coin. Um, and I don't think this would have gotten. I, I don't think this would have gotten made had it had to go through like the normal regular regular shit. Because this is Raimi's first film um, as mm. writer director of a feature, and so like we it's seeing this after seeing some of his other work it's just like yeah you was always this kid you were always this kid i respect that truly yeah sam raimi does do and i feel like maybe this may this might have been a happy accident for him because yeah you're right they they didn't realize how campy this movie was when they made it um but i think that kind of gave raimi his signature of playing with camp that doesn't take itself seriously at all um in some places and in other places it takes itself too seriously to the point that that's even camp itself yes. <laughs> you know yes <laughs> <laughs> and so he kind of found his own signature and so i think that does i do love some of his newer stuff that i have seen because it does walk that line of like you know this is dumb right <laughs> <laughs> when directors are like this is this is my spot i know what it is but also i'm gonna do it anyways like because it's endearing in a weird way like i don't know a lot about him i've seen some of his movies um i've seen a lot of movies that are influenced by this one heavily we've covered so many on this podcast without knowing it because again i gaslit myself into thinking i've seen this movie because it's an 80s movie it's a popular movie and so like you sort of know a lot of the conversation in details just from like growing up and or watching other horror movies that people talk about horror movies so yeah. i really thought i'd seen this movie and i hit play on it last year for a streaming guide and was like i've never seen this shit like i've yeah. never actually seen this well and i actually think another problem this movie has is that it's so similar in plot to the second movie because the second movie is literally just like the same movie again <laughs> I- I can't wait to see it because I have never seen anything aside from this first one. Uh, we're yeah. going to see it next week. Spoiler alert for those of you who leave this episode early. Um, <laughs> stop like, they, don't like this. they don't love this movie. Fuck them. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. We'll be back next week. We already said it. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's part of it too. Cause there's so many moments in this movie that I'm like, wait, what about that? Oh wait, that's the second one. So I, I am excited to do these back to back and kind of, so we can get a full, because before this rewatch that we're doing right now, I would have said I hated both of them. 
But I actually enjoyed parts of this first one. Mm-hmm. I think that we'll see about the second one. I don't want to get yeah. too far into that. No, like this first one has definitely got some things we're going to talk about that didn't yes. need to be there. But it also has, it's, just, it's again, it's like the blueprint for so many movies we yeah. love. The Cabin in the Woods, yeah. all those jokes make sense now because I've seen this movie. Because I was laughing, but I was like, I didn't know you were copy pasting. Um, I thought you were literal just, satire almost. Literally, like. literally. Because we've seen so many cabin movies. Like Jason Voorhees loves to run up in a cabin uh, before he went to Hill and Space and everything. Like, right. <laughs> pre He loved running up in cabins. Um, <laughs> you can't get enough people out of a cabin in a horror movie. Like, Sick just dropped on Peacock this year. Cabin mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah. We we love a cabin where shit pop off. And this time, because this is my second time watching this movie, um, and I'm watching it after Wounded Fawn, and I was like, I see some of this in that DNA too. Mm-hmm. Um, instead yeah. of Bruce Campbell getting tortured by <laughs> demons, it was Josh Rubin's character getting tormented by the Furies. And you know what? You know, I was thirsty either way. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> One good man deserves another. I... <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just, I love that something that is a very independent movie made by a director, writer who nobody knows with a cast. And this was like, this was their first movie. Like in the interview I have in the doc, um, Bruce Campbell's like, people think it's comedy, but it's not. We This was just our first movie. And some of the dialogue, <laughs> some of the better actors or something, because some of the dialogue was too on the nose. But like, because I was like, how is this not a horror comedy? How is this not a horror comedy? Um, And he was like, no, it's not. Like, we got people getting stabbed in like the attending uh, Chili Seals. And we have like a tree rape scene. It's not a comedy. We just were not great actors. (laughs) And the dialogue was very hokey, he says. Um, I see the quote. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this cabin for a second. Yes. I don't know about you. I don't, I'm not anti-cabin. I like cabins. I Cab- <laughs> cabins can be cute. But if I pull up on a cabin and it looks like this cabin, Mm-mm. red flags. I ain't getting out the car. Nobody had been in there for years. I'm like, this is, has to be dusty. You don't know if the water is going to work and what color the water is going to be. You don't know what critters are living up in here. And also, like, he brought his sister for it. I'm sorry. Ash literally brought his date, his sister, and another couple. And I'm like, so your sister's going to sit there and listen to both of y'all just fucking. Like, just fuck a palooza. She's just going to be out here being like, I'm going to go draw, I guess. (laughs) 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 What is this dynamic? (laughs) Like, Yeah, it did read very like, Mom and dad told me I had to take Sheila with me. So I guess here she is. Which is wild because they're supposed to be in college. Supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> realistic casting, not so much. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, there are worse. <laughs> Which we have covered. But uh, <laughs> listen, you know, so one of the double edged swords for this film for me are how very simple all these characters are. None of them have a lot of development. Not even Ash. I mean, Ash has the most development. But, like, tell me five things about Ash. 
Like, it, it starts off as a movie that is like, here are our characters. You might get to know them a little bit. And then, like, when things start happening, it's just, like, throwing things at you. It really is, like, a ride. And, like, <laughs> it's like a ride at a carnival. And he's just going through it. He's getting shit thrown in his face. And he's getting beat up and thrown around and backhanded. And I'm just like, okay, so we're more action-centered. I, I'm following. I'm following. But also, right. no dialogue. Which- yeah, and and in some ways, I do respect how simple this movie is. Like we said earlier, it does feel like, you know, six or so friends said, let's make a movie, and they made a movie. And so I do appreciate that on some level, but I also, per, just me as an individual, as an artist, as a film watcher, audience person, I tend to gravitate to more complex characters, complex plot, plot devices. But... Like I said, I appreciate how simple this was. It's it's one of those things where it's like sometimes you just have to get it made because a lot yeah. of times people won't let you make it. And I, I do think that's part of why people stand this movie is because it really was made with like two dreams and a dollar. And so... <laughs> Um, but like for it being made with no money, these practicals, I love to see practicals and everything's a practical because it was they the 80s. Yes, Listen, and they didn't have any money. They had no money. <laughs> like literally that bitch who sat there laughing for five hours, she's probably in makeup for eight hours. Um, right. because like again, um, the way the books and things are done, like the melting of things, it's, it's so, it's so cute. It's so, it's from a different time and there's like some charm and some whimsy to it. It's almost like watching like the Muppet Babies, but in hell. Totally. I, it's like Fraggle Rock, but in hell. I mean, Fraggle Rock is already in hell. (laughs) (laughs) That shit's dark side it. (laughs) Yes, I totally also, I completely respect and love the special effects. I think that's another thing I can go back to this movie and be like, you know what? Props, 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 props. You didn't, I don't love your plot. I don't love your characters, but your special effects... Yes, because we've always said I love creative special effects. And like, yeah, they're a little hokey. Like, do they stand up? Do they still look like, ew? I mean, they do look kind of gross. But yeah. do they look like, are they making me cringe because like it, it looks like it would hurt me? No, but they're fun. They're just, it's fun. It is. And I I miss fun movies. I've been yelling this for months because we don't get a lot of fun movies anymore, which is why like with something like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies drops, we all lose our shit because everything is so trauma based and so trauma informed. And like, I'm just tired of trauma. I have my own trauma. I don't need to see the car crash that's necessary at the top of your movie. I don't need to see the resident crying after the car crash. I don't need the friends whispering about the trauma because we just saw the trauma. I want us to have fun sometimes um, because that's when you get to scare people a little bit. When like they're having fun and they're giggling and you're like, ha ha, bitch. Um, <laughs> gotcha. I, I saw a movie at a festival last year called Hashtag Chad Gets the Axe and it was so funny and you were having so much fun and they were scared the fuck out of you because you forgot to like, oh yeah, this is a haunted thing and it is fun footage. So we should also be looking at that because you were simply laughing at the comments and the interactions and you're just like, ah ha, oh fuck. Where did that go from? Where did it go? <laughs> Right. Yeah, no. And I and I do, you know, like I said, I do appreciate this film and like and how just fun and simple it is. Um, you know, even though I will say, you know, do I love it? No. But like it's a good time. It's better than when like I said, when I watched it as a teenager and I was like, ew, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that I I miss the wave of when it would have had a major impact on me, like I said, but also it's hitting me in a time in my journey to become like a little horror historian to where I'm like, okay, I see this, I see this, and I see that. And so I, I appreciate it. it. Right. Yeah. yeah I um, and I might not have in that middle ground between those two eras where it should have caught me. Because, like, yeah. there was a whole span of time between... I'm, it's early enough to catch it. Um, and today, I would just be like, what is this shit? This is your king? This is your king? But now I'm like, no, I, I, I can tone it down. I can <laughs> I see what's all happening. I know what my actual complaints are. And we're going to talk about those. Um, yeah. And it's it's a fine movie. It's a good time. And it, yeah. it did a lot for the horror genre as a whole. Because, again, people are still biting off this movie. And some I didn't even know some of them were because I'd never seen it. I thought I had. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand. Whereas, like, if you had asked me six months ago, hey, Evil Dead's my favorite franchise and my favorite movie or whatever, I would have been like, really, your favorite? But now I understand. I understand why other people love it now. The Deadites are real. They get their own con. Like, part of the reason Bruce Campbell can hardly do movies is because there's extra cons for the Evil Dead fans. And you know what? I think that it does have that sort of Rocky Horror Picture Show charm. Not as It's not the same, but, you know, it's kind of that whole, like, once you're in it, you're in it. And you know these lines and you know these callbacks. I could see making drinking games of this and cocktails for it in our draft house. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, I'm surprised you and I haven't done a drinking game of this movie. Listen, it's never too late. (laughs) We lived in the same city for five years or three. I don't know how many years. We drink a lot. Streaming wasn't real. Streaming wasn't real back then. We just got Hulu and Netflix. I always forget these things. Right? We's old. (laughs) What? We's so old. Um, (laughs) For for my one, my major gripe about this movie, though, um, which we all knew, because we all know me, we all heard this show, this tree rape is not necessary. What's the point and why for Yep, 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 100%. That is my biggest, that's my only true complaint outside of I just don't love it is why is this here? It doesn't need to be here. She can be possessed by this, whatever it is, in a billion different ways. Why did you need to have it? You've already had your tit shot. You got that in the scene before this. So, like, okay. You needed that, sure, I guess. I don't know why still, but like you got it. Why is this here? Why does this need to be here? Especially because nobody else gets assaulted. Nobody else. Just her. No. Yeah. Um, it'd been one thing if all the trees are assaulting people. Um, and then I could be like, it's still a it's still a choice, but okay. But right now it, it zeroes in on there was a male director, and male directors love to shove things in vaginas and like hold women down and make them moan, um, no matter what the fuck is happening. And the and I and I this is probably a direction thing I do I by no means am um, going to blame the actor for this but I the moment when she is being pinned, like that whole scene and she starts to like mo- and I was like yeah. no 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 again again it is it is a point one in my argument that a lot of male directors don't they conflate they actually really fucking conflate rape with sex. And there's like, we need a sex scene. And so they're like, let's make this assault sexy. And like, you cannot make assault sexy unless you two are a person who is into assault. Do you understand this? Right. And I am by no means anti-sex scenes. I love sex scenes. I love sex. Let's have it more often. 
if two beautiful actors want to get naked on screen and everybody's consented to it and there's an intimacy coordinator, let it happen. Let yes, it happen. 100%. But, but this, like, this feels like that gross kind of nudity I'm always upset about, where it's just like, mm, I'm a man, use a woman actor, get it naked. Um, because again, how hard is it for every pair of breasties to have a pair of testes? But instead, you got these dudes out here being like, I don't want to show anything. I'm shy. Meanwhile, I'm looking at this bitch in the tank. I, why? For whom? Pin Badgley. <laughs> um, because at the time of recording this, the first half of the new season of You has dropped. He just did this interview that was very weird. And he decided um, that he doesn't want to do sex things anymore because of the fidelity in his marriage being so important to him. And we're all like, that's giving big, you share a Facebook account energy. (laughs) Um, And it makes it sound like you've done something to where you can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. Why I just say you don't want to do sex things could have just been the end of the sentence. Yeah, that's weird. That's odd. But also, he's so hot though. Damn listen, it. he's hot. We got them creepy eyes now. But also, <laughs> but also, as a male actor, if you know you don't want to do sex scenes, and you know that the people you're working with usually have a different power dynamic than you do in that space, because he is a white man, and for the projects he's in, he's normally one of the bigger names. Take that mm-hmm. as you will. Um, you need to also be advocating for your co-stars. You can't just be yes. like, I don't want to get naked, but let her be tits and about. I don't care. Um, because that's what happened a lot in the 70s and 80s and the 90s is that you have these men who are like, no, nah, I'm not getting naked. Meanwhile, this director's leaning on her and he's all like, take off your top. And she's like, for what? My character's at the doctor's office and she's here for her eye. Take off your top. <laughs> and so like, I hate everything. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah, completely agree. Like there, if you got listen, I'm all for male nudity. <laughs> listen, more testes, more. less breasties. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and and you know, I'm not anti breasties. You know, I, they're great. I'm good with the just oversaturated. Listen, I, again, I think it's only fair because like. For the longest time, horror has been geared towards cis straight men. And so, like, it's been a boobs palooza. And you know what? <laughs> like, I I love, like, my non-binary and my lady friends who are into boobs. I'm happy that they're having a good time. But I, too, would like to look at something. <laughs> same, girl. Same. Listen. Because, like, it gets old. I'm just like, oh, her boobs are... Perky, I guess, but like, is he gonna get naked? They He's there in a fucking suit. He's there in a track suit. And I'm like, how's this gonna happen? <laughs> right. Uh, or they do the thing where he like starts to take it off and like, and the scene's done. And I'm just like, right? God damn it. Right. Meanwhile, we've climbed up in her asshole for who? Like, I'm just like, how you get a camera in here? Is this part of the well, plot? Like, right. This movie, for example, they have that scene where the, the spirit or whatever, the, 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 the video, the camera is like going around the house, where like it's just the spirit watching them, and it goes to the friend couple, and they're getting ready for bed. I'm assuming, and he's like in the background, and I do think he takes his shirt off, mm-hmm. but it's like you can't really see anything from him. But she's like front and center. Mm-hmm. She turn, she does turn around, so you really only kind of see side boob. But like takes her top off, she is like is all out there in front of the camera, foreground in the mm-hmm. you know. And I'm just like, are the demons, are, are the demons interested in boobies too? Listen, like, listen, <laughs> Mr. Ramy, are the demons here with us now? 
Like, <laughs> are they with us? Because <laughs> like, again, it and this is why it, this is why I get weird about so many directors because like their first thing is how do I get tits in the shop, and I'm like, how about you tell the fucking story? Um, and if if nudity is that important, you will hire actors who want to get naked with their actor partners because I again I'm tired of men sitting there in full fucking chopper suits as Jess calls them. <laughs> And these women are walking around in like <laughs> thread, and it's like, let's go. And I'm like, aren't isn't she cold in Antarctic? And they're camping, right? Why? Yeah, there's no, there's no heat and air in this cabin that they're in. Okay, no, they would all be naked. They would all be shirtless. But like, it's just like, no, get her side boob in there. Ooh, there now the male gaze is happy, and it's like, fuck right. the male gaze, fuck the male gaze. They've they have too much happening, which is why my life is always in shambles. Because men are doing too much already. Take away their movies. <laughs> right. And then this literally the, the next scene is the rape scene. And it, it, it... if not for that scene, I would have no notes. Because again, like I, it's not, it's not the movie that I'm the audience for, but I get it. I think that it's fun, but that, and it happens so early on. So it's with me for the rest of the movie. Um, right. Because, like, it again, male directors don't understand that once you throw in assault, which is what this is, um, once you mm-hmm. throw in assault, that's your movie. No matter what you're doing, it's there. So, well, like, when she goes back to the cab and they try and gaslight her, and I'm like, isn't this your sister? And she's just being like, I just got attacked in the woods, and you're trying to gaslight her so you can stay here and get laid. Um, <laughs> and nobody else is concerned because, like, there are two other women there. If somebody's getting assaulted in the woods, you think that they would be like, oh, we should all want to leave. But instead, it's like, no, girl, you know you're overreacting. Just lay down. Okay, Ash, take her back to the city or the town. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So many things. It's frustrating. Yeah, like, everyone who listens to this knows, like, I think of things in, like, letterbox ratings. And, like, on letterbox right now, this is a two-star for me. And if they had taken, if they had removed the sexual assault scene, it might, it probably would have been a two and a half or three star scene, three star movie. I think I'd give it a three, but it could have been higher without that scene, without that scene, and with like a little bit more story. Because again, it does, it does just go bonkers to the fucking wall, and I don't know how much of that was budget and time, but like it, it's not bad, but it's just like we're just doing things to be doing things, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no story. There's no story. No, no. There's nothing. There's no story and there's no character. <laughs> Unfortunately, all the movies that bit it gave it story, and that's why <laughs> people keep watching them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, like, yeah, there's no character and there's no story. And sadly, like, I know for myself, and I'm pretty sure yours the same way, Sheree, those are two of my favorite things when I'm watching a film or movie yeah. is characters and story <laughs> i when i'm writing i usually start with characters because if i don't want to yeah. talk to this character or follow this character what are we doing well and you yeah and you yeah you write fantastic characters so like Thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that, 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 that's when i look at a play a movie a tv show if there's no like that's why i could never get into that show um house of cards because there's no characters that i was like interested in they're all assholes so i was like i hate you all bye i'm not mad at a cast of all assholes i never got into that one because i was gonna start it kevin spacey revealed himself um but like if you're gonna be a villain be an interesting villain and there are ways of making villains cool like we've covered some movies like 
oh my god tragedy girls i love that yeah. michaela is a rich black girl who's killing people for clout yes yeah. more of that yes but yeah she is a villain and she's really interesting and i'm not trying to take that away from her because we need her but like she's a villain that i like yes and specifically to compare that to the house of cards and you're right i stopped i why well, i stopped way before it got he really built himself but like there were no one even fun interesting villains they're all just Ugh. Listen, <laughs> listen i you have to have a reason and for there to be a reason you have to know this character because i've watched so many things and we're following a sociopath um, but it's gotta be interesting. Like Dexter before yeah. Julia Stiles showed up was a great show. Um, <laughs> you didn't leave Julia alone. I'm trying to, keep trying to save the last dance for me and I don't want it. Um, <laughs> so like Dexter was a great show before she showed up. Um, he had his weird moral code. He was murdering people. Sometimes he had to murder people who were too close to the truth. And I was like, right. I'm following this. I'm following this. And well, even like you, yes. he's not a good person, but he's really, it's, it's an interesting show. And there, I would say they're peripheral characters that I enjoy too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So have you started have the new season? That's... Right. Have you oh, started? Seen... No, girl, I gotta get caught up. I haven't seen, what is it? Season three? Oh yeah. Season no, four? you need to, you need to do season three. Season three is rough, but season the first half of season four, um, she's a good time. She's a good time. I've only seen season one, girl. I'm way behind. You, oh my. Just... <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make that one of the first three polls. Like... <laughs> do it. Let's do it. I'd love to talk about it because I loved the first season and I, I did not want to watch the second season. I don't know. I think I was busy when it came out and then Netflix has this thing like if it's been out for a while and you haven't watched, it's just like... It just goes into the periphery and it never shows it to you again to remind you that it's there. Girl, like I, I have a, I have a fourth podcast with Joe Lipset from <laughs> Queer. You just can't say no. I, I can't. It's a good show, and so we were like, should we just do it? If you can get me screeners to shit I want to see early, so I can see it early, I'm gonna do it. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Plug in the mic right now. Um, and so I. We've been we've been covering it, and the first half of this new season is so fucking good. Um, yeah, I need to get caught up. It's yeah. gonna happen. I'm gonna do it. Um, but yeah, that oh. that all to say, you can have a show with bad with like evil villainous characters, and I will still love them. I don't mean to mm-hmm. say that I only love quote unquote the good guys. Yeah. Sometimes I prefer the bad guys. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I wish that that person would beat the shit out of you. <laughs> listen, listen. I think it's the reason why a lot of us gravitate towards Batman because I'm not a DC girl. I've never been a DC girl. Mm. Never could be. Um, but as a kid, I knew Batman was the reason they existed while I was mm. in my Marvel world. So I would leave Marvel to be like, what's Batman do? And I'd come back over to Marvel because he, he again, he's complicated. And so like, he's not a great guy. He needs some therapy. He's also an unchecked billionaire who's a white man. So like, we're already dancing on thin ice. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and that's why he's more interested than Superman. Fight me. I <laughs> agree 100%. So many people have tried to make Superman fetch and I'm just like, no, no. He's allergic to moon rocks. Um, I, I'm not here for this. <laughs> Truly, yeah. Well, and I would even say like the the secondary characters in Batman are even more interesting than anyone else's. Like Catwoman, Poison Ivy. 
Arkham Asylum is full of people who deserve spinoffs. I would read all of those novels. I would watch all of those movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> aside from the Joker, because I'm not fucking with that actor. Um, he knows why. Just get a new actor to play him. <laughs> listen, listen. They're going to give it a sequel, and now Lady Gaga is going to be in it, too. And I'm like, I'm not going to oh, see no, either of these movies. No, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't have nice things in the Batman world since Ben Affleck fucked it up. Like, I blame him. It all started there. Because, like, yeah. before him, I was a fan of every Batman before him. All the Batman. Even the bad Batman. I was like, you know what? It's kitschy. It's cute. I'm a child. I'm going to allow this George Clooney. Listen. George Clooney. Okay. I will say this, and then we'll get back to the Evil Dead. But I will say this about the George Clooney Batman. It gets a lot of... It gets a bad rap, and it's not a great film. But, goddamn, it is sexy as fuck. Both Listen. George Clooney and the guy that plays Robin, like that is that was my one of my queer awakenings. I was like, oh, oh, oh they're partners, you say. <laughs> I remember, I remember Mr. Freeze played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, in there when Vivica A. Fox was in there in that little skimpy ice outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what is we watching? Also, Batman had nipples in that bat suit. That was one of the right. arguments because we were like, when did he get bat nips? <laughs> Mr. Freeze. <laughs> but yeah, George. But yeah, oh, you also had Alicia Silverstone in that movie. Yeah, love it. No, it was a sexy movie that was just bad. Um, right. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as what Val Kilmer did the movie before. I don't know which one that one was. The wrong one. Um, but anyway, like I was. <laughs> Before Ben Affleck, I was here for every Batman. And then Ben Affleck got cast, and I gave it up on the spot. I never saw a Ben Affleck movie. I will never see it. <laughs> it can't be good. You can't convince me. <laughs> um, remember, I had to send my dream. <sighs> oh, I know. It's a traumatizing night for you, Sheree. So what had happened was we were in college when Ben Affleck's announcement came out that he'd be playing Batman. And we had smartphones because we're not that old. And we were out celebrating our friend Bob's birthday because I am a lush. And I was like, yeah, drinks, drinks, drinks. Ah, ah, ah. And I looked at my phone because I was like, ooh, Batman news. I'm waiting for a new movie because Christian Bale left. What's going on? And I read that Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. And I set my drink down. So Bob knew something was wrong. And he held me and I cried. And I... <laughs> His birthday ended with me crying about Ben Affleck taking over Batman. Um, <laughs> I've never forgiven but, him. <laughs> he ruined Bob's birthday, that bastard. Like. <laughs> oh, the many rabbit holes of Fear Street. Here we are. <laughs> Evil Dead went to Batman. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I mean, some of them Batman probably were trying to do some Evil Dead because it got to be shenanigans before I got off that boat. I, I've i been told that Robert Pattinson Batman is not bad, but also that bitch is long. He's long as hell. Because I was going to do it because Colin Farrell was in it, not because pa- Robert Pattinson. I've never seen Robert Pattinson in anything because he did Twilight and bad movies that I don't want to care about. I don't do rom-coms. I don't do t- dramas geared at teenagers. I'm just, those are not my lanes. So this is my <laughs> first time seeing what Robert could do because I've just judged him from afar, but I like to judge people with evidence. But right. I don't have a whole day to give that movie. Yeah. It took them too long to introduce Catwoman. So I was like, uh, Listen, I Listen, I just, I need things to be quicker. Because again, we we cannot keep making people sit through two and two and a half hour movies when it's a two minute idea. Like, right. <laughs> make right. it short. Make it short. And I just, yeah. I will say this. Okay, going back to The Evil Dead. I think that while there is no plot and the characters are flimsy at best, 
the pacing is really nice. Raimi does understand pacing. I will give him that. Because even, like, he directed the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, Mm -hmm. which Wanda deserved better. But, like, it was very much a Raimi film. And so it was very fluid. It was always moving. And it was never, like, we're going to sit here for eight hours and just do nothing. Like, for all the Marvel movies getting longer and longer and longer, that's when it didn't feel as long as it was. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. that about Raimi's methods. Yes. The pacing of of this film. and, 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 yeah, every Raimi film I've seen... I don't walk away from it being like, God, that movie was long. <laughs> right? Which that's all I really ask. Because if I'm not going to be fucking with your movie or if your movie's going to be fine, um, at least keep it moving. Don't be yeah. like, let me luxuriate in this 80 hour moment. I, yeah. I've i covered some movies this year because I, I keep trying to give like indie filmmakers a little shot because like I'm nobody. But like if you give me a screener and I can get it <laughs> paid to write about it, I'm going to do it. Um, right. But some of them are like, I need a two-hour opus for this amphibian movie I made. But also, I'm never going to pick up anything ever. And so people yeah. are talking at each other for like 40 fucking minutes in a car. And I'm just like, if you don't get us out of here right now, so help me. <laughs> right, yeah. Now we're even covering a film later tonight that is so fucking long. Mm. Anyway, mm. but yeah, no, the pacing of this film works really well. Um... You know, so I will give it that. I give, I give it, to, I give this movie, even though, like I said, it's not my favorite. I will give it some positives. The pacing is good, the effects are fun, and uh, it's funny. It's a fun movie. It's it's so fun. Like again, like if there was an edit without the tree rape, I I would probably have no notes because again, I didn't say anything that was like rude because I fought with some people on the, about the movies before. Oh, <laughs> this is not one of those. I just I need to know that Mr. Ramey saw what he did and he's like, you know what? I've grown as a person and I regret that. He probably doesn't because all of our directors heard us. Um, so I'm not gonna ever ask him, and I'm sure nobody right. else ever will either because who would ask anybody a real question? Let's get spicy. Sheree, what's your hot take? My hot take, which I've ruined as usual, is that <laughs> uh, this is one of those movies I wish I had seen as a kid because watching it for the first time a couple years ago or last year, I don't know time, it's too late to fully experience that mood in that moment. And again, even just as a child of the 90s, like right before Scream or right after Scream, it probably would have been something much more significant and much more endearing to have a soft spot for. But now I'm just kind of like, I missed the party, but I'm here for the last keg, I guess. I totally did that. I will say, so my hot take, I actually think one of the things that makes this movie funny and makes the comedy work is that they didn't think they were making a comedy. (laughs) 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 I think that's what makes this movie funny is that they honestly thought they were making a like scary as shit film and it's just hysterically dumb and then so i'm i'm curious slash worried about this rewatch of evil dead 2 because i do know that they after they make the movie they now know that it's a comedy or that, that it's a funny movie so i don't i hope that they don't go down the trap of leaning too far into the comedy that it makes it not funny. Same, because like one of the first rules of comedy is to not get caught being funny. 
Like it's mm-hmm. standard. And even Josh Rubin has given us that gem in our first interview with him on this podcast. Yes. Cause it's that standard where it's just like, literally don't get caught being funny. The funniest shit comes from people just like being themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, Again, like I've never seen any of these aside from this first one. And so I'm excited to finish this journey because I want to see all of them before Evil Dead Rise happens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to literally get in to South by Southwest an hour after that viewing is over. Uh, but it comes out so two weeks bad. later in theaters. So I'm just like, there could be worse things. But also, I'm sad. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, I'm actually excited about this ne- the newest one because it does look like it's going back to its... Could be a little camp, but it also looks really scary. So, like, I'm curious. I'm curious how it goes. I wonder because, and we may cover the remake at some point, so we may get to that. But the remake, I have seen, and I have thought. I was going to see it, but she's not free. And so I'm going to wait until I finish the rest of the franchise because that way I can see a lot on the order. I don't want to be running shit and having it expire because that's not a game I'm going to play. Um, fair, but yeah, no, y'all should definitely let us know if y'all want us to cover the rest of this franchise and the remake and the new things though, because we're going to do part two next week. Cause it fits in our theme, which we sort of spoiled already up top, <laughs> but <laughs> not all of them are made in the eighties. So we're not doing them this sweep, but if you want more evil dead, if you're a deadite, or if you're saying next to Bruce Campbell at a con right now, you should definitely drop us a line and send Bruce our contact info. Listen. Call me Beeply if he wants to reach me. Um. <laughs> if he wants to page me, it's okay. Just give me the moment to find a pager. Listen, we, I will build one. <laughs> so yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that's our thoughts on The Evil Dead, which is funny. I always thought this movie would just call it Evil Dead. So it's just, it's The no. Evil Dead. I love that because we also find out Cabin in the Woods is the Cabin in the Woods when we were off right. doing that live episode. <laughs> Um, so again, copying that and copying that. There it is. But yeah, so that's our thoughts on The Evil Dead. And again, if you didn't catch it the first 40 times we said this, next week we'll be covering Evil Dead 2. Is it Evil Dead 2 or The Evil Dead 2? It is Evil Dead 2. They dropped the The? How unformal. Let let me double check. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to be lying out here. Mr. Raimi was like, I'm saving seconds. I'm saving seconds. internet. Yeah, it is just Evil Dead 2. All right, y'all. Just Evil Dead 2 is going to continue our time in the 80s because we love the 80s. I don't know the jingle anymore because I was a child when that happened on VH1. But you know what we mean if you had cable at some point. We love the 80s because it would be strikes back. (laughs) 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 Or no, I think the 80s were part deux. Or maybe that was the nineties. I don't remember. They they kept going back to other decades, and so it got real. It got real murky. It got as complicated as a Star Wars. I I can't do math. Once it's <laughs> yeah, a decade, yeah. leave it. Or if you come back and do something different, so I know it's different. Don't be like we still love the eighties. I know you the last eighties. Um, don't do all that. Don't do all that. Yes, yes. All right, y'all. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.